Welcome to this Ash Wednesday service at Church of the Palms. Whether you're joining us here in person or online, we are grateful that you are here. If you are joining us online, please know that you can find the bulletin on our website. If you scroll down on the homepage there, you can download the bulletin so you can follow along with our service this evening. If you're worshiping here in person this evening, we ask um, that you make sure you keep your mask on. We sure appreciate that and that we get to continue to take care of one another. In addition, you should have received as you arrived a bag, a baggie of ashes, and there will be further instruction about how to use those later in the service. Many of us have felt in this last year now that we have been in the wilderness. And as we begin our 40-day journey into Lent, we are curious to discover how God is telling us to observe this time, this year in this place, how to approach this Lenten journey with intentionality, with the spirit of self-examination, that the journey might draw us closer to God, closer to God in body, mind, and spirit. As we embark, we do so filled with hope, knowing that we are accompanied by a God who is always with us and who loves us so. Hear now the call to worship. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what are mortals that you should think of us? Mere mortals that you should care for us. Yet you have made us only a little lower than God, and you crown us with glory and honor. Let us worship God.
let us sit in silence as we call to mind our sin and the infinite mercy of God. Feel free to repeat after us in the response. We have not loved you with our heart and soul and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have, have mercy. We have been deaf to your call to serve. We have been unfaithful, proud, and hypocritical. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We have been self-centered and have taken advantage of others. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We have been envious of those more fortunate than ourselves. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We have loved worldly goods and comforts too much. We have been dishonest in daily life, school, and work. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We have neglected prayer and worship and have failed to commend the faith that is in us. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We have been blind to human need and suffering and indifferent to injustice and cruelty. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We have thought unkindly about others and we have been prejudiced toward those who differ from us. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We have wasted and polluted your creation and lacked concern for those who come after us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray our prayer of confession together. Merciful, Merciful God, God, we have, have sinned, sinned in what we have thought and said, in the wrong we have done, in the good we have not done. We have sinned in ignorance, we have sinned in weakness, we have sinned through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry. We repent and turn to you. Forgive us, we pray, and renew our lives to the glory of your name. Amen. Please. 
We gather this evening on Ash Wednesday to prepare for the journey ahead of us, the 40 day of Lent that lead to Easter. It's a time when we remember Jesus' own time in the wilderness. It's a time of prayer. It's a time to draw closer to God. 
Today's scripture passage comes from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. And the story highlights another journey that we can connect with in this season coming up. Here, Moses reminds the Israelites about their long period in the wilderness. Let us turn to God's word. Remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order to humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you by letting you hunger, then by feeding you with manna, with which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The clothes on your back did not wear out and your feet did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a parent disciplines a child, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Therefore, keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances, his statutes, which I am commanding you today. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the, Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There are two kinds of journeys. There are journeys that we take and there are journeys that take us. I took my oldest daughter on a trip to California a few years ago, and our goal was to see many landscapes in a short amount of time. We were drawn to the desert, and we picked Joshua Tree National Park mostly because I recognized the name from the title of an old album of the pop group U2. Our first impression as we arrived in the Mojave Desert was this sense of awe at the vast wilderness. It all looked the same for as far as we could see when we were driving through the park. Very monotone with low vegetation here and there and rugged hills. We had prepared well, we thought, each carrying a backpack filled with water, a few snacks ready for our day hike. We parked the car and started to walk. At first, we were not seeing much. Everything looked plain. But it didn't take long for a transformation to happen. Soon, we started noticing the small, colorful flowers that would find a way out of the earth through the rocky terrain. 
These little flowers, no doubt, would suffer from very low self-esteem if they were growing here in Sarasota. We would simply not even see them as our eyes are just bombarded with lush vegetation and flowers all year long. In that wild landscape, though, each rare little flower offered such stunning beauty. And we stopped and admired every new tiny speck of color that would pop up here and there. After spending a day in the desert, our vision seemed so much sharper and we were so much better at seeing changes in the landscape and in the colors and that at first we just couldn't even see. On our short journey, well, our feet actually did swell and we also experienced water scarcity. Our overabundance of precautions still wasn't enough. We drank too much too soon. Us Florida girls were not used to the dry air. As the day went by, each careful sip of water became an event. Every drop felt extremely precious and tasted suddenly oh so good, just like the little flowers in the desert that were just oh so stunning. On this day in the wilderness, we got to appreciate new and beautiful things. Sometimes we take a journey, sometimes the journey takes us. In this passage from Deuteronomy, the Israelites have completed their 40 years adventure in the wilderness. 40 years of traveling in what we know to be much smaller area than Joshua Tree Park. It was a journey that tested them in so many ways. Patience, hunger, thirst, trusting in God and following Moses blindly. They grumbled, they complained, they rebelled, but ultimately they made it. They did arrive to the promised land. A journey that would have taken much shorter had they obeyed God in the first place, but God kept testing them. We know the feeling when we're challenged over and over, right? At first we resist, we think we can be smarter and outdo these challenges, we think we can fight or complain our way out. But when it doesn't stop, it becomes too much. And we submit, we are humbled, we open ourselves. And that is when new and beautiful things start happening. As they crossed the Jordan River, they left one wilderness behind and a new one was on the horizon. They were entering a brand new world where they would be total strangers. They would be away from the type of living they had known for so many years. No more daily dose of manna from heaven. Imagine being used to eating the same meal daily and now having to switch your whole diet. Now they would have to learn how to work with the new soil, to harvest, to settle down after only being familiar with a lifestyle of wandering. And they would discover new and beautiful things. Jonathan Brooks is the author of the book Church Forsaken. He grew up in Southside Chicago, in a neighborhood where gun violence and drugs were all too common. The future for many of the kids who lived there was not very bright. 
He was always determined to leave the difficult conditions he grew up in. And through hard work, he got what he thought would be his ticket out of poverty. He pursued a degree in architecture in Alabama as far away as possible. He felt happy and free. Unfortunately, back home, his mother had a stroke. After his degree, he felt that he had to get back to help her, back to the place he so wanted to avoid. It would be temporary, he thought. He volunteered with a local church youth group and in the neighborhood he had grown up in. Oh, the kids there loved him so much that the pastor of the church asked him one day if he'd be interested in becoming a minister. Jonathan laughed and quickly said, oh, no way. The following week, the following week, the pastor of the church in the middle of the service stunned everyone by announcing his resignation. He then pointed to Jonathan Brooks and told the congregation that standing right there was their new pastor and that he was starting immediately. Brooks had done everything he could to become a new man, planting roots in a faraway area and cut all the old ties. Talk about a journey that one is taking reluctantly. But God chose him for this. And even though he grumbled, he complained, and he rebelled, he accepted the journey before him and finally got to see new things. It took a long time. He would come home and enter his house from the back door. He would drive out of his sketchy neighborhood to have access to better groceries. His two young children were not allowed to play on the street. He was in exile in his own birthplace. Slowly but surely, the Holy Spirit worked through him. He was surprised at how caring his neighbors were when he finally stepped outside. He stopped thinking in terms of us versus them. In his book, he compares his situation with a passage from Jeremiah 29 where the Lord tells the people in exile to plant gardens where you are, to take wives and multiply. God says, for surely I know the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. It is a beautiful story of building hope and becoming the hope. He planted shallow roots at first, knowing he couldn't subject his wife and young children to be in the midst of drugs and crimes for very long. As a parent, he had to face the thought that his daughters might become like these kids until he realized that he had also been a neighborhood kid himself, and he found his way. And the kids were caring and sweet. He decided that together with the neighbors, they could improve their surroundings. He decided that they could work together and build a community garden to bring in better food markets for everyone and so much more. Pastor Brooks had to turn to God many times and say, oh God, how do I do it? And God always provided. And the wilderness he so longed to abandon 
turned into a land of milk and honey and of rich soil. He eventually led his neighborhood into a promised land, a land with much more beautiful things. There are journeys that we take. There are journeys that take us. At the beginning of his ministry journey, Jesus entered the wilderness himself of his own will. He chose to fast for 40 days. He let his body become extremely weak. The whole time he would be tempted by the devil who kept taunting him and saying, if, if you are the son of God, you can change this stone into bread. And just like Moses reminded the Israelites, Jesus responded to the devil that one does not live by bread alone. God is our source of life. The divine son of God in his humanity chose to endure temptation so he could identify fully with our weaknesses. And after the hard journey in the wilderness, when he entered his ministry journey, Jesus looked at humanity, us sinners, full of brokenness. And yet, he must have also seen some beautiful things, enough that he would die for us. And so here we are, pandemic and all entering Lent. I'm embarrassed to admit that I've even wondered at some point if we've ever left Lent in the first place since last year. After all, the last time we were all together was at the beginning of Lent. If the grief of losing our precious life as a community wasn't enough, we have faced significant challenges on top of having to shelter in place racial injustices, dividing politics, job losses, a whole year of missed celebrations. We've worried about the economy and the education of our children. We have been in a deep wilderness for a long time. But in the midst of this journey that has overtaken our lives, in the solitude that we've all experienced, we've also seen so many new and beautiful things. Through the grace of God, and as Moses said a long time ago, our feet did not swell and our clothes did not wear out. The Holy Spirit has granted us with amazing creativity to pursue the things that are important to us. People found their way to worship God online and outdoors. There were birthday drive-bys. TV hosts lost their late-night show studios, but they kept entertaining us from their own homes, and we got to see them being real and down-to-earth. No more them versus us. We discovered virtual choirs and orchestras with musicians from all over the world collaborating on one screen. Zoom has kept the world going. Working from home for many has meant more quality time with the family, fewer cars on the road, which in turn gives us cleaner air. So many have reported finally, finally finding precious time to spend with God. There have been so many new and beautiful things. It's not a journey we are taking easily, but as we learn to work with this new soil and to settle down in new ways, 
we humbly submit in front of God and give thanks for all the blessings in this new and very wild land. And today, we remember who we are and whose we are. Without God, there would be no journey at all. But from ashes, we have been born into the world to each have our own adventure, sometimes with many detours and a few crashes. And we now remember with complete humility that while we have been on a difficult journey this last year, we have discovered new and beautiful things that have made us stronger. The truth is, our world has been tested. We have suffered. And on this Ash Wednesday, we now place all our hope in the Christ who was born for us, who lived and suffered for us, who died and was resurrected so that we can journey on this wonderful land completely free. We bring our suffering to his feet with tears in our eyes, but also with pure Christian joy in our hearts because we are all walking together on this journey, even if it is six feet apart, and we are exploring the new land, and it is really a new and beautiful thing because it is the soil that God chose for us to plant seeds into. Friends, it's a land season like no other let us plan our journey with joy in our suffering as we walk closely together with Jesus toward the cross and to the resurrection, remembering that God is with us always. Let us lean on the Holy Spirit to learn to plant good seeds in this new land of milk and honey. There are journeys that we take. There are journeys that take us. Which one will you go on this Lent season?
I'd like to read a poem for you called Blessing the Dust by Jan Richardson. All those days you felt like dust, like dirt, as if all you had to do was to turn your face toward the wind and be scattered to the four corners or swept away by the smallest breath as insubstantial. Did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? This is the day we freely say we are scorched. This is the hour we are marked by what has made it through the burning. This is the moment we ask for the blessing that lives within the ancient ashes that makes its home inside the soil of this sacred earth. So let us be marked not for sorrow, and let us be marked not for shame. Let us be marked not for false humility or for thinking we are less than we are, but for claiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made. And the stars that blaze in our bones and the galaxies that spiral inside that smudge we bear. We are at that point in our service where we will be invited to mark ourselves with ashes in the sign of a cross on our fallible foreheads, blessing our bodies and acknowledging that death will inevitably be a part of our life. Friends, the in-between time between birth and death is a life lived. Every morning is a new chance to further uncover and discover the gifts God has given and is patiently waiting for us to use for the sake of the world. As you open your baggies of ashes, you can ash your own forehead and you can say, from dust I come, to dust I will return. If you are in a family group, you may ash each other and say, from dust you come, to dust you will return. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Gracious God, at the very beginning, your spirit hovered over the deep. Your spirit hovered over the dust and breathed life and made we who are in your image to be able to walk this earth, to be able to walk the dusty paths of wilderness and to know that as we go from dust to dust, that we are filled with your spirit, that we have life from you and that you journey with us in these journeys that we take and these journeys that take us. So we pray, O oh God, that as we begin this Lenten journey and walk this certain path, that we may know that we are accompanied by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we dwell within your communion and that you journey with us through these days as we discover more of ourselves, our thirst, our hunger, our need for you and as we discover how you are there with your love, found on the cross and discovered again in the empty tomb. Oh God, we thank you that we begin this journey with you and we end it with you, dust to dust. In Christ's name, amen. Now go forth in peace and joy. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.